We're really. talking cars with our buddy Tom Appel, and you can get your questions in at 312-981-7200. You can call us or text us with your questions for Tom Appel. Tom is the uh, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive and the host of the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast. Tom, you ever seen the Rolling Stones? I have, several times. Yes, with your teenage daughter, as I recall. I got my daughter to go. She was a little overwhelmed. It was their last performance at Soldier Field, and it was, I think, bigger than she understood it was going to be. <laughs> That's great. I remember the pictures. She was like a deer in the headlights, right? <laughs> little bit, little bit, yeah. yeah. I think I may have told you that the, the best rock and roll weekend of my life was back in 1972. And it was a uh, Sunday night, and I saw Elvis at the Horizon. That was when he was still in good shape, and he still cared about the songs. Horizon? And uh, it was in, all, I'm sorry, Allstate. Elvis? No, Amphitheater. No. Really? Mm. Okay, go ahead. This was out in Rosemont. Really? Yeah. I've known you all these years. This is like, really? I, th- I, I think it was. Somebody will know. They were okay. there, too. Anyway, it was 1972, so Elvis on a Sunday night, looking good, sounding good. The very following night, Rolling Stones at the amphitheater with Stevie Wonder as their opening act. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the, the rock and roll weekend. I can die happy now. Okay? <laughs> That's it. I'm good. Yep. But stick around need. at least till 2, okay? Oh. All right. Um. So I, I want to go back to... The, I don't know if you heard us talking about the news click a little earlier this morning. It was a real interesting news click. The question was, when do you anticipate buying an electric car? 4% said, I already own one. 7% oh. said, 7% said in the next two years. 14% in the next five years. 24% in the next 10 years. And... said, I'm not going to buy one until I have to. Do those numbers surprise you at all, Tom? A little bit. I think people fear what they don't know. And I think at this point, there are a lot of people who feel a little bit pressured to look into electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. And and they find the whole thing just a little bit confusing and off-putting. And additionally, if you're looking at cars right now, even casually, you're aware that electric vehicles are being significantly marked up on dealer lots. So the appeal there is is a little bit uh, muted. Hmm. It's a good point because I, I find Steve is probably in that in, within the next two years and I have my heels dug in and I'm in that 51 percent, not until I have to. And I, I'm the first to admit it's because of my ignorance. I have questions like if there's a power outage and I'm plugging my car in, how am I going to get any power to my car? You know, questions like that. Or if I'm driving back and forth to work and I'm only using the uh, the hybrid system, and I'm not using the gasoline, isn't my gasoline going to get old in my car? Because no, nobody has really addressed that. And and for years we've always heard this, well, you, you really don't want to have old gasoline, gasoline. in your car. Yeah. That, that can cause problems. So what's your take on that? Um, that question first came up when Chevrolet introduced the Volt with a V back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And there was, in fact, an answer. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people know this, but uh, plug-in hybrid vehicles like the Chevrolet Volt are programmed to burn through a tank of gas no matter what over the course of 12 months. What? So, yeah, so gasoline will not sit stagnant in your tank. 
Why wasn't that headline news? And that means my question wasn't so dumb because they addressed it. No, it's a great question. It's a great question. Wow. Okay, what about a power outage? You live in California and you plug your car in every night and now all of a sudden they've got this massive power surge and it then results in power outage. And wouldn't the answer to that be that's why you want a a plug-in hybrid because you have the option of your gas-powered engine to get your car from point A to point B? Wouldn't that be... Yeah. Yeah, there's no simple answer to that one. If your power's out at home, obviously you can't charge at home. And if you're charging, maybe you desperately need a charge, so you can't go very far. And what you would be looking for, then, is the nearest public charging station, which everyone in your neighborhood is also looking for. So, And have you seen a- the, the pictures? Uh, I think it was on Facebook just within the past mm-hmm. 24 hours. The pictures of the charging stations underwater in uh, one Puerto of the— Rico? Uh, I know Puerto the, Rico, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not a good situation at all. Uh, but but charging stations generally located with consideration to things like flood zones. I don't know why that yeah, happened, and yeah. that's obviously terrible. Well, that's now terrible. It, you've driven enough electric cars uh, to review them. Have you ever been driving along and said, ah, where am I going to stop? I mean, are there enough McDonald's that have charging stations or enough parking garages that have them? I mean, what has your experience been? You know, I have a funny story about that because my wife and I drive to Milwaukee fairly often. So we've had the opportunity to drive several electric vehicles from Chicago to Milwaukee, uh, a round trip that isn't comfortably made on a single charge. It could be, but just for safety's sake, you want to charge when you get up there. And the last time I did this, we were driving up uh, Milwaukee downtown, and I was looking for a local fast charger, and I used the navigation system in the car. This was um, a Volvo XC40. Mm-hmm. Um Recharge. Nice vehicle. Um, and it didn't tell me exactly where the charger was. I just used the navigation system to get there. It turned out to be the basement of an engineering building at the University of Milwaukee <laughs> that I'm not entirely sure was for public use. Wow. But I did use it. But, did use but it. technically, it was a charger. Whoa. <laughs> it has been proven that there are some songs that if you are playing them, it even, we don't know how, but it increases your speed. I'm not sure how that works. I'm pretty sure every traffic ticket I've ever received uh, (laughs) took place while listening to Sultans of Swing. Oh, yes. That's one of those songs. (laughs) And the officer goes, yeah, right. Unless he's a big fan of Dire Straits. He goes, yeah, right. I get it, man. Uh, Tom Abell is joining us to talk cars. And, uh, yeah, we opened up the floodgates on the subject of electric cars. But first things first. Tom Appel is the publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. And, uh, Tom, if people want to check you out, they should go to uh, cgdailydrive.com, correct? Yeah, you can go. That's our blog. Yeah, you can go to consumerguide.com if you want to take the, the more memorable route. But CG Daily Drive is our blog. That's where all the fun stuff happens. And also, you're very big on Facebook. I try, yeah. You guys can check out, everyone can check us out on Facebook. We're trying to get a bigger following. Uh, and I, it's my fault. I haven't been that good about developing the Consumer Guide Facebook page, but that's going to change. Mar- Again, mark this tape. That's yes. going to change. <laughs> uh, can, can I do a little from the Department of um, Corrections and Clarifications? Yes. Elvis Presley did not play at the Rosemont Horizon. It opened in 80. He performed in 77. In fact, he performed at the Chicago Stadium. But you have a reason for having Rosemont stuck in your head. Well, two things. One, yes, he uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did perform in 77. But the performance I was talking about, mm. 
occurred in 72. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was and 72. it was at the Chicago Stadium. And the reason that I had Rosemont in my head is there was, because my head maintains this library of all kinds of minutia. And for some reason, <laughs> I recall that after he appeared at, at the Chicago, Chicago Stadium, Stadium, there was a news article talking about the reviewing the concert and saying that he had been staying in Rosemont. Rosemont. How do you like oh. that? Uh, you've oh. connected. See, it took all. a while, yeah, but I, it. It, it was. You did it, buddy. All right. Okay. We've been talking about electric cars, but I want to talk about a big car story. And that is the Hyundai Kia theft of cars. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, from the, the last time we talked on the radio, Tom, and that was months ago, we talked about the high incidence of, of Kia and Hyundai uh, uh, break-ins and car thefts. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying at that time, people are doing this because they've learned by going to video on the Internet. Why is that video out there? Well, just this week, it's taken a while, but just this week, Hyundai and Kia filed a class action suit against TikTok to get those videos down. Uh, and even the people who they claim that they know how to steal cars say that's how they learned how to do it. They just went to the Internet and they went to TikTok and there was the step by step on how to do it. So I certainly don't blame Hyundai and, and uh, Kia for doing that. And I, I wonder if the videos, because I heard that the same videos were available, I don't know if they still are, on YouTube. Maybe YouTube uh, took them down they or kept not. popping up on YouTube. Yes, I yes. Haven't checked, I haven't checked in the last couple of weeks, but they kept popping up on YouTube, and I think YouTube was taking them down. But it seemed like any time you searched for it, you could find a version that only a few people had seen, yeah. suggesting that it had only recently been posted. Yes. And, and that's one of the problems with cyberspace. It's kind of like whack-a-mole. Yeah. You, you take something yeah. down and it, it pops, pops up, up and go, oh, it's over somewhere. here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get down to uh, the business of other things. A bunch of people are saying now, Tom, there are hundreds of chargers available in Milwaukee, <laughs> not in the basement of the school. <laughs> um, this listener says, I do frequent trips, road trips. How many miles can you drive on a charge and how long does it take to recharge? That's a really good question. How long does it take to recharge a vehicle? And doesn't that depend on the vehicle? It depends on the vehicle. It depends on the charger. So your vehicle can only be charged as fast as it can be charged at a given at a given particular uh, charging system. So at home, there's nothing you can do. If you don't have a level two charger at home, for example, the fastest you're going to charge is about three miles of range for every hour. That's if you just plug into a 110 outlet. That's why you badly want to install a level two 220 volt charger. And the fastest that's going to go usually is 20, 25 miles every hour it's plugged in. Now on the highway, you're talking about level three DC fast charging. That can be very fast. And that ranges from 50 kilowatts to 350 kilowatts of energy. So if you have a car like a Chevrolet Bolt, bolt with a B with about 250 miles of range, Mm -hmm. and you go down to 50 miles of range, you're going to need a while to charge that back up all the way, Um, probably three, four hours. But if you find a faster charger, it'll go faster. Part of the thing about this that people need to consider is you're only supposed to charge to about 80%. That's because the charging slows down, and it's bad for your battery to exceed that. Isn't that kind of the the same thing where you get the warning with a lot of your cell phones? Don't charge them to 100%, charge them to 85% because it's better for the battery? Yes, yes. Lithium-ion batteries don't like to be charged all the way up quickly. 
Hmm. You can do it slowly. So if you go home and you're plugging it home, you can charge it 100%. That's fine. But when you're fast charging, 80% is better. Also because the last 20% is going to take you a really long time because the charge rate starts to decline. And that's because the battery does something called balancing where it's trying to decide what cells need the most charging, and that slows the action down. Now, one other thing about the battery chargers. Uh, I heard a story recently that there is a possibility that uh, you can get a rebate if you have a level two charger installed at your home. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, I believe Illinois still has money in that fund. I haven't checked on it in a while, but I think the state itself will give you some money. And depending, I don't think there's any national programs right now that help with that. Additionally, you might be able to work with the manufacturer when you buy a new electric vehicle to roll that cost into your loan. It depends on the vehicle. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, and we are going to talk about buying used uh, cars and, and, and observation and um, a problem that may be cropping up. So yeah. stay with us on that. And you can text us or call us at uh, 312-981-7200. Listener says, my son bought a Volt, a V as in Victor, in 2018 and can go for months without buying gas. He's in Florida, so he doesn't have to worry about snows. And there are a lot of charging stations at all the Florida attractions and other places in central Florida. And you get the best parking spaces, too. Yeah. Wow. And, and okay. we've, we've had the chance to uh, do road tests with the Volt. I, I love those cars yeah yeah absolutely i, I want to thank a texter who uh confirmed that yes in fact elvis did stay in rosemont and it was uh the hyatt the hyatt on river you are full of minutiae yeah <laughs> <laughs> and see i'll tie this all together okay springsteen climbed the fence at graceland to get in to try and see elvis and it's Springsteen's birthday. See, so you we, think we don't plan this oh, show? Oh, man. I mean, we have a road map. I actually lost my script for the next 15 minutes, so let's wing it. Uh, a listener says, will upkeep of electric cars be more or less expensive, Tom? Upkeep. That's a great question, and I've been talking a lot about this lately and doing some, some research. And uh, Jill Simonillo did a nice piece. She's my co-host on the podcast, and you can find her piece about that at pickuptruckplussuvtalk.com. But the, the net net is you'll be paying less. The thing you're going to be paying more for is tires. We'll get back to that. But you won't be paying for oil changes, uh, transmission service. The engine, which is now a motor, doesn't really need work. But electric vehicles weigh more, a lot more. So they will be burning through tires. Well, let, let me stick stick with tires for a second, because I've yeah. only started to pay attention to this recently. Why do electric vehicles have to have different kinds of tires? Is it because of the weight of the battery or, or, or what? Yes, actually, because they weigh more, but the size isn't much increased. So there's a couple of things that happen with EV batteries. One, they're designed with a firmer compound, a harder compound, so they're just a little bit more efficient. They don't deform as much as you're rolling, so that's reduced rolling resistance, so that's better for range. Secondly, um, because there is, this is really interesting, actually, there is no engine noise which acts sometimes to cancel other noise. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really like white noise. You you hear more noise from the road, more road, road noise, more oh. gravel, that kind of noise. So electric car tires are typically made with a layer of insulation to try to cut down on that noise. They have marshmallow fluff in them. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it works okay. wonders. Yes. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but a texter says, what will the interest rate be on EVs? shouldn't be different. Right now, transaction prices or the financing of electric cars is about the same as anything else. I haven't seen numbers that suggest different.
Okay. Uh, let's go to our phones at 312-981-7200. It seems like the, the subject is electric cars. And we'll go to uh, Bill. Two? Oh, excuse me, Bill. No, that's uh, line is two, Chuck. Line two? Oh, Chuck. Yes. <laughs> it's like we never did this before. Chuck, thanks for holding on. You're on WGN. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, your guest said if you do charging at home on 110 volts, mm-hmm. you get three miles of charge per hour. What is that yeah. going to do to electric bills? Oh, good question. Do we know how that would affect our electric bills? Yeah, we can do the math on that pretty easy. In Chicago, people pay 15 or 16 cents per kilowatt hour. So we can, this is pretty easy math. If you were to do a Chevy Bolt, and I just like the Chevy Bolt because it's easy math, um, it top to bottom. So if, you, if the car was completely dead, you rolled into the garage, and you've driven the full 250 miles, you have to charge 60 kilowatts. At 15 cents, that's 9 bucks, I believe. So that's what that is. So if you drive that car completely empty four times a month, you're looking at, what is that, 36, 40 bucks a month or something for your electric bill, in addition to your regular electricity. Okay. And uh, am I wrong, or uh, wasn't it one of the uh, the manuals that came with the Volt that said it's a good idea if you try to charge the the Volt overnight, because that way yes. you're paying a little less for oh, electricity. Because, so, uh, so try to plan your charging when you go, yeah. when you go to sleep at night. Program it to charge yeah, that way. That's, that's a good idea. And uh, uh, next week, we're going to be going on an electric road rally with the group that we're members of, MAMA, the Midwest Automotive Media Association. So when we're back here in two weeks, we can talk about what we experienced yeah. driving these new cars at the rally next week. Um, and that's next Thursday, right, Tom? That's next Thursday. Yeah, that's the media day. Yeah. And then public days at that event follow uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Awesome. Okay. Uh, this guy says he has a Ford Maverick on order for 15 months now. Supposedly it's uh, coming next month. Mm. A new car. Is that what you're hearing, too, that people have to wait? I mean, that's a year and three months. Yeah. Yeah, the Maverick is an interesting story, too, and I have a theory about the Maverick. And people who don't know it, this is Ford's new compact, compact pickup. It's much smaller than the Ranger. It's based on the Ford Escape, and it's, it's, it's adorable, and people love it. It's a very nice little vehicle. My thinking with the Maverick is this is not so much a, a, a um, supply chain issue as a Ford is building a vehicle that doesn't turn a lot of profit during a supply chain situation. And I don't think they're in any big hurry to build these. They launched this right before the COVID thing happened. Mm. And and I, I think that they're much more interested in selling things like the F-150 or, or excur- not excursion, I'm sorry, the um, Expedition, that they make big money on. Because <laughs> the, the, the Maverick comes in about $25,000, $30,000. There's just not that much profit there. Mm-hmm. And if Ford can sell every single other vehicle it can make, it needs to do that right now. And this uh, gentleman is getting a hybrid after 15 months. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm so fickle, I'd probably no longer <laughs> like it. I loved it 15 months ago. Now I got it. I'm like, really? Oh, the world has changed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the world changing, be, before we have to yeah. wrap things up, we've been talking mostly about new cars and battery-powered yeah. vehicles. But used cars, we just had a, a situation where a friend of ours yes. was trying to buy a used car. Her her new car had been stolen. stolen. Yes, and sadly, uh, she was in Canada and had her purse with her passport and everything uh. but her cell phone in the trunk of the car. So she's looking around to buy a 
used car. Now, this is a couple years old car. And she's looked at three, at three different dealerships, Tom, and they all three have the original Monroney on the window, the original sticker, and that is the price they're being sold for. One of them has... Uh, I think she said uh, sixty. The mileage was sixty-seven hundred, mm-hmm. uh, sixty-seven thousand, sixty-seven thousand miles. No, I think it was sixty-seven hundred. Okay, well, think. it had mileage because it was a yeah. couple years old. But the point is, three different used cars, three different dealerships, and the original price was the sticker price for the used vehicles. So the point is that right now it doesn't matter new, used, or what. Car prices are crazy. They are, and they're a little bit higher relative to what they were before. The, the supply chain issue before the chip shortage issue for used cars than they are for new cars, um, simply because new cars form the basis for what become used cars, and there aren't a lot of extra cars being made, and we know that most used cars come out of rental fleets, too, mm-hmm. and rental fleets aren't being supplied right now. They're not being serviced by manufacturers. So the, the shortage of used cars is actually more acute than new cars. Oh, stunning stuff. Uh, if people want to follow you, they can do that on Facebook because we want to get you more people following you on Facebook, yeah. right, Tom? And so, uh, where, I what, would love that. What I do would they love look that. for? What do they look for on Facebook? Yeah, consumerguide.com. Uh, they can follow me, too, if they want, but that's just a bunch of pictures of my daughter. If you want car <laughs> stuff, if you want car stuff, follow me on Twitter. I'm Car Guy Tom. Car Guy Tom. And on Facebook, if they want to follow uh, Consumer Guide Automotive, look up Consumer Guide Automotive on Facebook. Yep, or the Car Stuff Podcast. Either Car, one. Gotcha. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you, Tom. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. And we you will too. S- thank you. We'll see you next Thursday. Woohoo. Sounds good. All Looking right. forward to it. Take care, Tom.